Hi, everyone who's listening. Welcome to Parenting in Queens, a safe place where we like to connect with everyday families doing extraordinary things. Raising a child truly takes a village, and we want to build a community where we can all relate and connect with one another to make this journey even more memorable and enjoyable. I am your host, Cecilia Falcon, and I run a family daycare program for 10 years. Besides working with young children over the years, I have loved creating a bond with every family that has been with us thus far. So this podcast is dedicated to all you busy parents. I know you guys are doing all your best to raise your children. Before we listen to this episode, please head over on iTunes and give it a review. It will help get the show on the map and grow this community. Also, follow us on Instagram at Parenting in Queens. And if you'd like to be on our show, please send me a DM. Now, enjoy this interview. Thank you for listening. So today I'm with Selena and Ken. They're the creators of Racing Tito. Mm -hmm. And before we get into that business, because I want to know everything, I have you together, so I would like to know... We were talking a little bit how you guys met, that you guys met at work. So mm -hmm. can you just give us a little story of how it happened, sure. when, uh, where? Right, you tell the story. She tells <laughs> it much better. Okay. Well, we actually met at, we were both working in the obstacle industry at a big retailer. And I was working with one of the doctors in a store on 23rd Street. And she left to start her own practice in the store that he was located in. And yeah, we actually supposedly we're supposed to meet like a year and a half prior because I had transferred from Rochester, New York to New York City in 2013. And I was promised a position being that I was very, my background in optics, I, I worked at the doctor's office, I worked the retail floor, but I started five years first in the lab and he had lab experience. So he, he was a lab manager at the time, assistant, assistant lab manager. Yeah. So he got word that this girl from Rochester is looking for a position because I started calling around all these stores. Apparently, when I talked to my regional manager, there was no positions available in New York City. So I'm like, that can't be. Out of all these stores in New York, there's got to be a place for me. So I had to hit the ground running when I moved because I had nowhere to go. <laughs> and they started calling around for me. And his general manager Basically, it was like, oh, there's someone that's got lab experience from Rochester. But it just so happened that someone else snatched me up first at a Optique, which is a much smaller store that doesn't have a lab. And I started working retail. And I spent two years in that store. And then I worked for one of the doctors when she transferred to his store. And that's where I met him. And I know like this is kind of... I mean, there's nothing like love at first sight or anything like that, but was it like a connection? Like, oh, you know, like this guy seems nice. Let me talk to him. Like, I don't know, like kind of an energy. Like <laughs> He started well, talking to me first. <laughs> also, you were the <laughs> Well, you know, usually I spend most of the time in the lab, which is in the back of the store. But whenever I have the chance to go out, and, you know, I'm very sociable, you know, and there were those girls from the doctor's office i spoke to all of them yeah oh, okay. hey, so he'd hey, come you, to the desk and just so like if i was going out oh, you want coffee you want candy whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> i was so nice so i guess that was the charm <laughs> it was very charming he was very friendly yeah very friendly a little flirtatious maybe and did he make you nervous like you he know you know he would come over I, could, i don't think so right in the beginning but then i started to like just notice how cool of a person he was And then one day he asked if I would join him after work to get a drink at the little, what do you call it? So just it's, like a it's little a pub. Play. Yeah, a like pub. a pub. So we did that and we ended up sitting there for like, what, three or four hours? Yeah, we, we were just talking. talking about everything. And I was like, wow, oh, this guy's like so cool. <laughs> and did you have like bad dates before that made you appreciate like that yeah, connection? Yeah, for me, for sure. Yeah. And definitely. for you? <gasps> Well, I was in a relationship, but like, and I had a daughter, but at that point I was a bachelor for more than 10 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, it's not like I was looking for a relationship. I was happy. That I was like, you yeah, know. you were single. Yeah, I, I was definitely single. was not looking for a relationship because I had been out of like, um, not, not so good relationships, I guess you could say. I think, you know, <laughs> it, it just happened. 
Yeah, it just yeah. was natural. It was natural, natural I yeah. see. It was a good connection. We, and how long was it? Almost five years. We met five, five years ago this fall and been together since, in May it was four years. Oh, okay. So fast. Yeah, yeah fast. It hasn't even been that long, but it feels like it's been forever. Like that's you guys know feel. each other, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that's, well, I say, you know, like when you have something going on, like it's real something very good because we feel like we've been knowing like like more than 20 years I know it does it feels like a long time <laughs> yeah we, com- a, we complement each other we complement each other you know yeah so so are you more the outgoing person she's like the shy one or because it's always like a yin and a yang yeah I've been I'm definitely not the most social person I have my moments but I'm very if I had to admit I would be more of an introvert I think to a degree I mean not in any crazy kind of way but for me it's like I try to maintain a balance but there are times that I'm more extrovert but I know when to (laughs) regress it yeah we have a tendency to be kind of like homebodies and I think that's something that really works for both of us like because when I yeah when I I mean I just met you but there's like this calmness like chillness to to you both like that energy right so I guess you bring you know like you guys are really have a really good relationship even though it's so short I mean you Mm -hmm. know it's gonna be um, for a long time what was the conversation like because I think once you have a relationship you know like bad relationships didn't work out then you kind of tend to talk things up front mm-hmm. so did you guys have like this conversation like what are we now or what like what do you want to do yeah with the we, rest of your I, life I, at one point at one point because as i told you before i was a bachelor for so long mm-hmm. and like oh wow well, i like this girl and so i think we have to make a little bit more formal so yeah so we we talk about it, I guess, with boyfriend girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I think at one point I thought it wasn't going to work because he was so, like, against, at the time, like, when I first met him, like, oh, I'm not really in a relationship. I'm a bachelor. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess, I guess where am I going to fit in this relationship? <laughs> like, I don't see him changing anytime soon. But, it, yeah, things, obviously, here we are. <laughs> yeah. And I and I think we accept each other the way we are. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, this at the beginning of a relationship you try to be someone that you're not really just to impress. Yes. And true. I was very comfortable in my skin, and you know, I make her comfortable. You know, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, how the decision come to be like to become parents? Did you guys was it a surprise? Also, it was, it was a surprise. surprise. <laughs> <laughs> big surprise i was told when i was in my mid-20s that it was probably going to be very challenging for me well it was going to be very challenging for me to become a mother and i think i just always had that in my head like it's not really going to ever work out so (laughs) we were surprised so you didn't care no i was actually um, i might have had a panic in the moment like when i discovered that i was pregnant and so he was never we, though. He was always just so calm. He's like, "Oh, you've got this." I was yeah. like, "Okay." So you know, we have the chocolates. You know, hey, we're gonna be fine. You know, don't worry about it. You know? And all the guys, they're all like that. It's fine. <laughs> I know. Like, why? Are you, what's, what's the big deal? Like, we've got this. I guess because it's such a big surprise. You know, it's such a big surprise. You weren't really expecting it. No, and it was early in our relationship. We were only together. What, I five think, months maybe yeah um, i think she panicked because you know like if he's gonna be there if he's you know is he right at that leave, point i thought know? our relationship was fizzling like I really it, it could be think, a break it or make it yeah situation. and i think it would have yeah. been a, for sure been that but it, for us i mean i'm not gonna say it's gonna work like that for everybody but for us it was definitely like okay if this is what made it Maybe even a little bit stronger because we yeah. had that. that well, I was, I was thrilled you know, about it. You know, okay. Yeah, I think he was maybe a little bit more excited than I was. <laughs> in the beginning. I was like maybe freaking out a little bit. It's a big change. It's a yeah. it's a game changer, especially from someone I was thirty at the time and kind of had already gotten in my head that I was going to be just kind of independent my whole right. life. You know, I'd kind of 
accepted the fact that maybe I probably never get married, probably never going to have kids. I'm just going to have this New York City experience and it's going to be all great. And that changed. Yeah. It's it's so crazy because sometimes you accept these things and like you make peace with it and then right. like God and the universe is like, yeah, weigh something mm-hmm. else totally for you changed, and you're like, right. what? Yes. So how was your pregnancy like? Let's see. I was really sick. I had really bad morning sickness, morning, noon, and night, at least until... Yeah, it's never morning. It's never just the morning. It was it was all day long for for weeks, at least past the 20-week mark. Okay. It didn't just... It didn't really phase out. But I will say, like, for my pregnancy with Oliver, it was not quite as bad as it was for my second pregnancy with Luna. I was even more sick with her. It was kind of like... I was a slave to the couch at least the first 10 weeks. Just right. Yeah. Cause you the fatigue and the vomiting. It was just, I was really tired. I was vomiting all the time. I had no appetite. I could barely keep down water. It was, it was just so uncomfortable. I was miserable. Absolutely mm-hmm. miserable. Yeah. With Oliver was this period of time of sickness. And then one day it just went away, but it was well, later. It was still yeah. like at least, it was past the 20-week mark before well, I started Luna to really Luna was more better. consistent, you know. I was still wow. vomiting with Oliver, not to be, like, too graphic or anything. Yeah. But when I was in labor, I was still vomiting for Oliver's well, yeah, pregnancy. Yeah, Luna, too, really. That, yeah. yeah. I guess it's, like, a purge or a cleansing when you're in labor, like, you tend to. Yeah. Oh, oh that's a good way to yeah. put it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> to oh, it was out. a purge, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, how was your labor? Oh, labor. Oh, you want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oliver was pretty, it was long. My, I was late. I was due on June 20th and six days after my due date, my water broke, but I had no other signs of, of labor. I wasn't dilating. It was taking I wasn't having any contractions. It was nothing. So they had to basically induce me after my water broke because they don't let you go any more than 24 hours after you've lost the the fluid. So it was, it was a slow process. I think I was in labor for 22 hours before delivering. But once I was ready, I was ready. And I pushed for less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. And you were there the whole time? I was there. there. I was for both. Was it the first time that you saw a birth? No, no, because my my, my first daughter. Okay, so so you didn't. I already had the experience. No, he was a a trooper. I know, because my husband held it together. But then afterwards, he's like... Oh, really? You know, this was really intense. I can't sleep. <laughs> How long was it? Because it was like, it was a day. Yeah. But the active labor was like four hours. Okay. So like I had cramps, the contractions cramps. Mm-hmm. But then it didn't pick up until like midnight and then at 4 a.m. I delivered. When that was, you know, like whole transition thing mm-hmm. and like it's one contraction after another. Right. You know, he was like keeping it together. But then after everything was done, he's like, I don't know how you're not tired because right. <laughs> I was so happy like at that oh, yeah. afterwards it's such a strange yeah. feeling like when that baby is finally out of your body it's amazing how all that pain almost immediately goes away yeah it was it's it's wild it was it's such like a you're in drugs cool ex- like yeah. I don't know he's like I'm just like on drugs or something <laughs> I think there's this big movement right now on like natural birth and not using drugs not getting an epidural all those things but I'll tell you while I did have an epidural for both, I suffered many, many, many hours before that even kicked yeah. in. So I don't think it's to discredit labor altogether. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really big on social media, especially right now. Like, oh, I had a baby. I also had a natural birth and like, I didn't use any drugs. Like they do the whole announcement all in one. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, we get it. You're brave. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be that brave, but I still, like, I still had... I think it depends, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't think it matters, really, like, if you have a C-section or... Oh, no. And some people have to. Right. Yeah. But I understand your point. Like, there's a whole movement and, like, women doing that. Right. I don't... I mean, I did have a natural birth, but it was easy. Like, I have friends that were... Two three days. I'm like, oh no, no, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I had I had Braxton Hicks for like a week. I never had that either. Right. So it was like pretty straightforward. I had a lot of Braxton Hicks for both. Yeah, towards the end of the pregnancy, I think that's normal. Yeah, every situation is different. Yeah, so. 
I don't know. I have a friend that she's like, no, I've already scheduled my C-section and this is what I want to do. Go ahead. That will make her happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Like she knows her body, like what yeah. it went through. Because her first delivery was really traumatic for her, so oh, she wow. didn't want to yeah. go that route. Cause she had all the health issues and mm-hmm. things like that, so she didn't want to risk it. Right. So then she knew what she wanted to do for the second one. So I think as long as matter, at the end of the yeah. day, you know, both the mother and, and the mm-hmm, kid, right. the baby, that are healthy. Exactly. That's what counts. Yeah, and it's really good to consider, like like you said, both. Because sometimes you just think the baby right, and everything, right, right. but you at least want a good experience with the mother, whatever situation mm-hmm. she's in. So he was a good support. Oh, he was great. Through it yeah. all. He held my hand. We didn't even need La Mas class or something. So no, because no, no, already we Actually, yeah, we didn't do any of that stuff. He taught me. <laughs> <laughs> like this break. <laughs> <laughs> Although but it's, um, he would remind me to breathe, like take a deep breath. I'm like okay, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so, it's really he's really. How good. was it different for Luna's birth? Luna, I was actually induced because I had gestational diabetes for her pregnancy, okay. where I didn't have that for Oliver. So they didn't want me to go any anywhere past my due date. I was due on June. I had the same due date for both of these kids. Oh, wow. Same exact date. Yeah. June 20th, two years apart. <laughs> but I ended up being induced and it took a while for it to kick in. Uh-huh. I think when they do give you those drugs to like get things going, it took a while. And I was suffering for quite a bit. My doctor would come into the room and be like, all right, how are things progressing? Your water hasn't broken. You're still only like four centimeters. And we're not going to give you a, an epidural yet because we want to make sure you're really in labor. And I'm like, I'm in labor. I'm suffering here. <laughs> the contractions. I know. Just give it to me. Give me the drugs. <laughs> but no, it finally kicked in. See, it was, it was really hard actually because if you come into the hospital and you're naturally going into labor you have obviously first dibs i would say i'm okay. getting a room so they had me in this triage bed for at least 12 hours i was supposed to be in this bed mm-hmm. for an hour it was the most uncomfortable bed i have ever been in i couldn't even like lay where they needed me to to get the monitor on the baby because they have to monitor you for a certain amount of time before they'll actually take you into a room mm-hmm. and i was so uncomfortable my back hurts so bad in this bed and every time the nurse would come in, I'd ask for like a pillow or something to help me, but I had to keep moving around. And every time I moved, they couldn't get the monitor on the baby. the baby was oh. moving too. The baby was moving. She was yeah. a rat. <laughs> she was being difficult. I was being difficult. So I ended up in this room all night. I had gotten almost no sleep. And I actually started having contractions a little bit on my own before they even put me on the drugs. But they were just very, very far apart. I probably would have gone into natural labor mm-hmm. if they hadn't put me on anything. Right. It was a rough, rough night. They finally got me in a labor and delivery room after like I was in the hospital for how many hours? It the, wasn't the until, second time was longer. It was long. Yeah. But I wasn't truly in labor until mm-hmm. probably two o'clock in the afternoon. She was born right around eight o'clock in the evening. And she was also quick. I pushed one time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once she was ready, it was thankfully both of my kids for pushing. Oh, it was really easy. I know because I've heard so many women say, "Oh, push for like an hour." I know. Two. No. Yeah, I I've heard this. Yeah, that, two hours of pushing. Yeah. Like what? Oh. You know, when they were ready, they were ready. You know, I'm out. <laughs> the doctor wasn't even in there. I was like, oh, I yeah? have to push. This you, baby's the, coming out. The second the, time, the, the sec- second time for, for Luna, for Luna, yeah. the doctor wasn't on time. He left like, the hospital. Oh, okay. <laughs> He was going to come back after he got something to eat. And I'm like, that was really bad timing on his end. Yeah. He came in after she was already born. Literally like five minutes. Five minutes after she was born, he walked in the room. It was the, what is it? She was a nurse practitioner? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even a doctor that delivered her. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, one of the nurses and... She didn't have the table ready. Nothing. They didn't think oh, I was well, gonna, right. Yeah, it was so it was slow super before. so slow. And then once my water broke, I dilated. I got an epidural. The head was coming out already. Epidural. I already felt that pressure. Like, uh, oh, um, this isn't gonna take too long. I probably could have skipped the epidural altogether. You remember? She said, "Oh, her head is out." Yeah. She's like, "Oh wait, she's crowning." I was like, "Yep, yeah, she's coming. Get ready, because I'm not gonna wait." She's like, "Okay, just hold. Don't push for like ten more minutes." Don't- what? Don't, you can't tell me that this baby's coming out now. Once they come, they come. Yeah. <laughs> it's their timing. You 
just got exactly go slow. Exactly. So you were talking to me a little bit about your breastfeeding journey. Has mm -hmm. it with the first one was a little bit rough? Was yeah. it anything that you did that kind of made a turning point, like that he got into latching better, like? Did you go hire a consultant or well, you were like more? I think it was. The like turning point is when actually this lady, you remember when for a visit yeah. and she said, mama, you have to go like this. Don't worry. They're going to still breathe. Right. You know, I was just like not put your breast in there. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. I think she was concerned that like once the baby latch, you know, like their nose is kind of like covered yeah right because they get so big yes yeah, so big. exactly and but this lady was a turning point said no go ahead just shove and it in make, there make, make sure make sure because the baby needs that fat is the fat that yeah so that, that was true. the problem i was i was getting him to latch but he was only he didn't have enough of the nipple in his mouth okay and what was happening is he was getting milk but he wasn't putting on weight quick enough So I wasn't doing it right, and it was it was so painful. He would latch on, and I'm like stomping my foot, and just cringing in pain to get that to subside because I didn't have it in there right. But when you're starting to breastfeed a baby for the first time, it's like the blind leading the blind. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what to feel. And I didn't really know. Like I had no idea. And I've seen many people breastfeed. In fact, my mother is a super strong advocate for breastfeeding and breastfed all nine of her children. Oh my goodness. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if she can do it, I can do it too. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my genes. Yes, we were watching here. a lot of YouTube oh, video, mm -hmm. like techniques exactly. and everything. I was like, not going to give up on this journey. And after giving birth and thinking I was doing it right, it was two weeks in realizing I'm doing it all wrong. And that's why my nipples like all chapped and like yeah, bleeding and it's so painful and I cried every time when it came time for him to nurse I'd be like I don't want to do it but, <laughs> but definitely that, that lady woman, was a yeah it was one. at one of his follow-up appointments right after birth and they were just check monitoring his weight and yeah. he had jaundice a little bit so okay. that took a while to go away but also it was partly my fault because I wasn't let he was latching on properly because breastfeeding does help with that too But once she helped me and I find it just clicked and I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm doing this all wrong. Like all these people who have told me like what to do, no one told me to shove the whole thing in their mouth. <laughs> oh, but I guess like, different it's sizes too. Right. Like, it's just, yeah. it was, it was interesting. And then after that, that was it. He and was then he wouldn't want to stop. Totally fine. Yeah. He was hard to stop. Yeah. What was your technique to stop? Because I had a big problem with like stopping like i wanted to stop all the time right he, like, wouldn't at all it was basically we just had to go cold turkey and i think he wasn't really getting that much milk anymore because mm -hmm. he wasn't nursing quite as often as obviously he used to he was 14 months when we stopped actually was he 15 months i think he was 15 months because that's when i was pregnant with luna i found out i was pregnant mm -hmm. and within a few week, weeks we had him weaned because it was already painful again yeah you for get me. so sensitive yeah, was so sensitive yeah. I just did it less and less, and he was fine. It was actually, I think Luna is going to be harder to wean mm. than Oliver because I didn't realize how much milk I'm still getting. I We took an overnight because my one of my friends got married, and I'd never left them overnight before. And I was literally engorged, only on this <laughs> side, my left wow. breast. Yeah, I was... Like I can't believe how like much milk this chick is still getting. Yeah, and the thing is, she's nursing all the time. She always is coming up to me asking for it, so I just give it to her. But it's never to the point where I'm filling up again. So right. I, I wasn't really realizing. I thought, oh, she's probably not getting that much, like Oliver. Right. With him, I could stop, and I didn't ever have that. It was just gone. It was weird. So with her, I have to keep maybe doing it less and less because. She's it, um, I feel like sometimes when you nurse a little bit longer, they tend to be more attached to you. And so yeah. they like interfere with your work at all. Like, because she doesn't have a schedule, right? She, she does just, not have a schedule, but when she sees me, she'll, she'll want she, it. That's what she wants. Both of them were, were feeding on demand. So yeah, really. just like basically whenever they, I didn't have a schedule for either, even as infants. Yeah. When they wanted it, they that got it. it. <laughs> does the. That mindset, was it that from your mom or 
just like you like feeling like that's the kind of mom you want to be um, because you know there's some moms that are very scheduled and regimented and they're totally. the ones like oh just go with the flow I think yeah, that I too think but we were encouraged like, to do it that way too yeah. from, from the hospital exactly you know it would do it on demand because if they hungry they hungry they let you know it right and it's not like where you can really overfeed for breastfeeding they can't really yeah. overfeed on breast milk so it never was an issue they stop yeah when they're done they're done she like usually push me away like okay <laughs> you used me yeah <laughs> that's what they want yeah but it's been an interesting journey for both i wouldn't have it any other way and i know breastfeeding doesn't really work out for everybody and that's fine like i'm also a strong believer as long as you're feeding your baby it doesn't matter if it's breastfeeding formula like as long as they're fed it doesn't matter that's true for me personally i just I, i enjoyed it i can't say it was always easy and sometimes like especially when i gave birth to luna that's when we did a, an entire change to our business for like raising Tito. And I was like, okay, I got to get away. I got to draw. Cause I can't draw at home. These kids, Oliver wants the tablet to be like, Oh, you're drawing. I want to draw too. <laughs> so I had a really hard time just finding the time to sit down and come up with new designs for our business. And I'd be like, Kenley, I just, I need to get out. I need to go to a coffee shop. You're like, why do you always have to go to a coffee shop? <laughs> Give I mean, me a hard every, time. She can go everywhere, but it's always a coffee shop. Because I love coffee and I like okay? the environment. That's and that's where I find like inspiration, I guess. So I would get away for like an hour and he'd call me like, okay, Luna needs you. I'm like, oh, darn it. So it wasn't always easy. There was times I would just sure. give a formula. Like I'm busy. But at the end of the day, she needs you. She's a little you know? yeah. for now. <laughs> she's, yeah. So it's gotten easier, obviously, as as they've gotten older to be able to get that time away to just kind of like regroup myself. Because being a stay-at-home mom and being a work-at-home mom as well, it's hard to find balance. And for me, like, I have to just step away for a few minutes in order to get my mind clear. <laughs> if That's not, true. then I just get really agitated and I'm short-tempered mm-hmm. and... The little things bother me. He's seen it. Like, I know, I'm like still you human. Know, you feel it. <laughs> right. You're like, right. I need a break. Like, I need a break. I need a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now that you're mentioning racing Tito, oh, I know you started 2017. 2017. How did the idea come about? You mentioned before that he was laid off. And then right. you guys, were you already working on it? No. Or was it like so, a dream? Well, well I'll, tell, I'll tell the first yeah. part. Okay. okay. So basically, I got laid off. You know, it happened. They closed all the labs and the the stores I was working. So at that point, say, well, you know, let me see what I can find. So I started looking for another job. But unfortunately, they weren't looking for what I can offer to them, my experience. So, And they couldn't basically afford me. (laughs) So... I wouldn't say I was depressed because my grandmother passed away like a few months before, but I was, you know, sad, always thinking of her it's because, a dark time. <laughs> yeah, we were like very, very, very close. Basically, she was the one who raised me. So, so she was my grandmother, my godmother, my best friend, and my confidant. Yes. <laughs> so we were very close. So, and basically she used to always tell me, listen, in life, you have to take some risk and you know, if you want to do something, try it. That's what the worst thing that can happen, that it didn't work. So one day I was coming from an interview, and at that point while I was in the car, I received the call, like, well, unfortunately, we're going to pass on you because, you know, we don't have that position. We're going to go some other route. Okay. So while I was driving, you know, I was thinking about my grandmother and, and what we used to talk and all of a sudden, you know, there was this idea that I had like many years ago about something like imprinting, printing shirts. And I started, you know, thinking, said, wow, you know what? I have this money. Maybe I'm going to invest in some machines to buy, even if it's secondhand. And wow, guess what? I have her. I have Selena. She knows how to draw. <laughs> So I called her and we started talking about, listen, I have this idea. When I get home, we're going to talk about it. And 
basically later that night I presented to her and she fell in love with it right away. Like, listen, this is great. You know, we can do it. Come on, baby. We yeah, have to do it. We have to do it. At the time, Oliver was just turned a year old and I'm constantly online looking at things for him to wear, graphic t-shirts yeah, and like things. And I'm like, oh, man, exactly. I can't ever find like what I'm really looking for. And I had this thought in my mind, like, it'd be cool if I could design my own. But then he comes and he's like, we have to do our own business. And I think he thought more of print company. And it did start out like that, like a print shop, like, oh, we'll get clients, we'll do shirts for people. And then it just, it basically failed miserably in the beginning, because I had gotten pregnant with Luna, literally the month before we launched the first phase of raising Tito. And we didn't have a garment printer. He transfer vinyl. And we had a few accounts. We did t-shirts for some schools, did some jackets for schools, yeah. did a few things here and there. But I literally was so wiped out with the pregnancy. Sure. Um, and it was a space so out. The business sick. that we received was so spaced out. It was not anything so. to live off. It was a pretty hard year so financially. So you were both out of work and trying to make yeah, I was still point. working part-time. And I've been a freelance artist for many years. So I was taking on commission jobs, doing illustrations. Okay painting the occasional mural when they came up, but I wasn't advertising for that because I kind of wanted to go in a different direction. As far as like my art background rewind before I moved to New York city, I was a pretty established mural painter in Rochester. I would do all kinds of projects, interior for homes, like mostly kids themed stuff. I would do bedrooms, playrooms, I did a school at one point. I did a daycare, church buildings, pediatric offices. Like I was pretty much everywhere. But when I moved to New York City, it was so much to be able to carry all those things, the equipment that I needed to go to each of these places. And I'm like, was starting to really have a heart more for illustration. And I wanted to kind of like change up what I was actually offering to people. So that's just like a little bit of background, but... Where was I going with that? I'm getting off track. That it was a pretty year financially. Like hard yeah. financially. I was still getting my illustration jobs here and yes. there. But it wasn't yeah. it was just like a little bit here each month. Somehow we were getting by. Yeah. Um, had like so I had to apply for unemployment, so at least we have a breather for six <laughs> months, had, you yeah, know. So that was helpful. And that was helpful. But you know, as unemployment was about to end, you know, it's like okay, you know what? I have to be more aggressive, you know, and obviously, you know, our business not turning out the way we It was want. kind of depressing. We both were just like, you know, oh, yeah, we spent all this money on this equipment and, but yeah, then, I used my 401k to, you know, yeah, whatever, right. and everything. So that, but we didn't have the garment printer. Well, at that garment. point we was just doing vinyl, you know, and, and I felt so limited on yeah. like the creative aspect because right. like, I'm used to working with full color, like drawing full color illustrations, whatever I want, whatever color I choose, it's there. I can paint it. I can draw it, whatever. With heat transfer vinyl, like you can do maybe up to four colors without it looking too thick. Right. And I'm like, man, this stinks. I have all these ideas and I'm so limited as to what I can put on a garment. So I was doing more research and then I shot, listen, what about direct-to-garment? Look at this. We went to the expo. And we went we to the expo. garment printer. And I said, listen, we have to make, I don't know how we're going to do a sacrifice act for a loan, but we need to get this equipment. Right. Because this is going to be. This know, is what's going to really This, help this was the turning yeah. point. Yeah. In the it was the turning point. point. And actually, you know, your talent is going to be more, you know, shown in the shirts. It's not going to be just a vinyl, you know, one, two colors, three colors of max. It was like full capability. You full know, like, ah, this is what we need. It was like Christmas. Yeah. Right. So. so thank God, you know, we, we went as for a loan. And, and I had savings. I had you know, money put away as well. So like basically half of it you're able to come up with. The other half, I'm not going to say how much it was, but it was a lot of money. But it was so worth the investment. Yeah. We and got then we it. We revamped the way we approached the business. Right. Because we were so broad. I said, listen, and we got uh, advice from guys from the expo, you know, the industry is so big, you know, and you just have to narrow yourself and find your niche. Right. And our niche was mamas and babies. Right. That's where we ended up honing yeah. in. And we, I kind of like wanted that 
in the beginning, like, man, I just, having small kids kind of inspires you. Like you want to make things for them. Especially after giving birth, like you think you can do anything. Right. Why was I afraid of doing this? We got our garment printer a month before I gave birth. So after I gave birth, it was like this energy came over me. And I think even still, we didn't really have many designs done for these garments. It was an explosion. Like then all of a sudden, you know, from a business that was so broad, you know, oh, we can do, you know, family reunion shirt. And we did. school we did and stuff things, like, like that. All kinds of stuff. Now we're shaping this a small business online boutique. That's right? true. Just, so it turned into a, from a print shop into an actual brand. And Luna was just like a tiny baby and I was just busting. I just had this inspiration and I was busting out designs. Kenley, what do you think about this? Like, look at this. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't just the designs. We also had to find a product, like the organic. We didn't start with organic onesies. We had this one company we'd been using. And when we printed on them, they actually seemed kind of dull. Like I knew it could get better, but we had to find that perfect type of garment to print on. And it's just been like And remember, all experience. this time... As you say before, we're learning how to work right. with equipment. Yeah. You know, and every day, oh, look, it looks better right now. Hey, we leave it on, on the press for longer and it's going to cure properly the way we want it. Or we do a double pass with the color. Like, wow, look, so vibrant. Right. And so on. And it was, every day we learn something. Yeah, new. every single day we're still learning. But we relaunched, and I call it, I call it relaunch because that's when the brand of Raisin Tito was born was last year in October. We relaunched our store. We didn't really have a big following on Instagram. And I thought, man, these designs are so solid. It's going to explode. It's going to go viral. So we launched in our site went live and a couple of orders came in. Yeah. And it was like, But like oh, the shoot. first orders, you know, like right. it's so exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. It's super exciting. But I was like expecting more, more right. you know, yeah. like, man, what well, it was picking here? up and but slowly you know, it was slowly, like surely, a snowball effect you like, have wow, to okay. put the time in i was on my phone hours every day on instagram messaging people hey can we send you a t-shirt let's collaborate i'll send you this in exchange for this like and i got turned down so many times i can't tell you how many people just either didn't read my message ignored me just didn't really pay any mind to me and the thing I've learned about social media is you have to build up. You have to have an account that looks nice. Yeah. You have the people who are going to believe in you. So as our product got better and our designs got better, so did our people who would be interested in what we offer. Mm-hmm. And finally, some of these people who kept saying, no, 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 started to say yes. And man, we still sometimes get messages from photographers and we still collaborate with influencers. Not so much as we did in the beginning, but... Because finally, it's we're starting to establish a name yes. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it was so hard. And if I could give any advice to anyone starting out, basically, it would be like, don't stop. Just keep going. Because there were so many times, all those closed doors, you would think maybe we'd get You'd discouraged. Find an open window. <laughs> and stop. But it, if anything, it motivated me anyway to keep pushing. That's great. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I'm listening to the story and it, and it looks like you guys you know, work together and you work really hard, but I'm thinking you have a new baby. Right. You have an older boy. And right. Like, it was hard. What is like the dynamic like? Like, I don't know if you think We support crazy, each other. You know? right. We support each other because there was a time like that was, you know, down like, oh my God, this is not going to work. And she was the one being like, come on, don't give up. Let's try, yeah, let's try like, to figure read out. Read this article, listen to this podcast yeah. or whatever the case is. You need to like brainwash yourself. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. When it was the other way around that she was down, I was the one, you know, come right. on, you can do exactly. it. Exactly. Come on, and let's think about that's it. That's why our relationship works so well. Like we know when to kind of push each other in a positive way mm-hmm. to better ourselves. And like it has not been an easy road. Yeah. Like. It's, so, it's not been easy. Yeah. It's been almost a year now, and it's crazy to think of where we started. Like, especially using Instagram as our platform to sell our, our product. If we didn't have that, different story. <laughs> different story. I've met so many talented people on that platform other shop owners, other designers, artists, photographers yeah. that I 
We've been very fortunate in oh, that yeah. aspect. It's been amazing. That's the great thing about Instagram. Like it's, it can be very positive, right? To build that community instead of like Twitter or right. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, I'm so bad at Twitter. Yeah, I'm really. <laughs> I don't even touch it. Like, challenged, especially with social media. There's only two that I really touch. That's Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram, I'm I'm still learning because you know Instagram doesn't make it very easy to grow a community of people. They want to bury you, whether you're using hashtags or. You know, posting at a certain time every day. It's learning their algorithm. It's so hard. I can do a post that explodes. And then I'll post the next day and I'll get like, you know, not nearly as many people that are engaging on it because they're not being seen. Exactly. They they don't show up. Yeah, exactly. So it's been a huge learning challenge. And I'm still learning and Instagram's still changing. It might not always be there. So have you thought now that it's getting a little bigger, like what's your vision for like the years to come? Have you thought any retail at all? Yeah, about that actually. yeah we have like, we have a couple ideas, you know, how to diversify our business. If we God willing, if we keep growing up, you know, probably within the year, probably we're just going to launch like a line. Maybe, should we say? I don't know. With <laughs> <laughs> the DL going on here. <laughs> but our but vision what, is, we, yeah. have, we have big the visions for, still, yeah. yeah. We would it, like to see Raisin Tito be more than just the t-shirts and um, yeah. mom shirts. We, we want to be apart from when it comes to our product, like, you know, I suppose like you're going to target a Walmart and you find the generic you know, of course. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what sets us apart from a lot of other companies, especially that you would find in big box retailers. Like when I look at, I don't even want to say like names of stores, but like big stores that yeah, have like the know. same type of graphic T-shirts. Yeah. I think that we're and it's mass produced. And it's mass know. produced. Everyone's gonna, everyone who shops at Target's gonna see the same you kids know. and same clothes. Yeah. Like we want to be different than that. And set apart from like mainstream retail, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Well, and the way I see it too, like when you buy one of our products, you buy something from her, it's like a painting because if you notice like those graphics that she designed, she signs on it. So it's like you're buying your own piece of work. Yeah. Which we do have more than just hand-drawn things in our shop. And our actually one of our best sellers is the What a Babe design and that's not anything close to being hand drawn <laughs> that is actually one of the first ones when we were printing i always call my kids babe always oh okay oliver luna like oh this little tiny babe it was always babe not baby so i one day just like you know let me just do quickly do this design i quickly did it up in illustrator and printed it on a garment i'm like i just really like it what a babe it's just something i would put on my kids and when I posted it on Instagram, that one post was like, whoa, everyone really likes this. And that's what we started really selling first. That was More so than the hand-drawn things, which I find really interesting. Yeah, and it was the way the letters had yeah, the, it's kind that, of like a 70 yeah. vibe. I'm kind of a hippie at heart myself. <laughs> like that real laid-back artist type person. Yeah. And maybe not as much of a hippie as I think I am, but I like to, <laughs> I like that whole vibe, like the 70s, mm-hmm. the vintage type look and then back in was it april or may we did the mighty mother tea and that one is basically just yeah. exploded yeah like your shop is like almost sold out all the time oh, i know it's crazy like oh we're having God. a hard time keeping things in stock now so have you thought at least of an like an assistant or maybe an apprentice actually that's where my daughter comes in yeah she just graduated high school and she's about to start college but during the summer or whenever she feels, you know, like, you know, she comes and helps us and I... We gave her her first job. That's so great. So, yeah, that's amazing. So, and it's a way when parenting comes, you know, to try to teach her, you know, how the world works, you know, finance, you know, being responsible on time. Uh-huh. And it's been working out so far. It's really good. Yeah, because we're still yeah. on a print-to-order basis, we still feel like... We were thinking about doing like ready to ship stuff, but I noticed sometimes it's hard to gauge what people are going to buy, especially with the hand-drawn designs. I had a bunch printed of 
it was actually an accident. We double produced something that for the ice cream shirt. And I'm, now I'm having a hard time actually pairing it with orders. We don't have it on the site anymore, but I'm like, maybe we're not quite there for ready to ship because we just can't gauge. We have so many different options for designs. We can't gauge what people are really going to want. So because we are print to order, it does take us a while to get through chunks of orders that come in at one time. Mm-hmm. So our turnaround time is pretty long right now, but I think because we do everything ourselves still. Yeah, and that's the appeal. Yeah, so. we haven't branched out to hiring another person outside of his daughter, Morgan, yet. Yeah. But I'm thinking yeah. but it, it, pretty yeah, soon, I think. We might get there. Especially Christmas coming. Yeah, yeah I think we need, you need to. like a temp person. Yeah. But I was very, like, I messaged you on Instagram, and I was very surprised, like, the quality of it, the material, like right. I've never had something like that. Right. Before. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I do love it. I was really happy. So then I was really so nervous I'm in, before in meeting really. you because I'm not like a person that does, that is Star Trek or anything like right, that. Right, like right. I don't follow celebrities. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, you, I'm like, oh my God, she lives in Queens. So <laughs> yeah. it's a gold mine. Right. But was there something you wanted to say? Yes, and I think that's part of the appeal that the small business and that like we don't rush to make our product. We want the product to come right for the customers. And even the tiniest thing that we see, hey, listen, no, let's do another shirt. That doesn't pass as a quality. That doesn't pass. I mean, there's still human errors here and there that we made some mistakes. That yeah. is. Like sending the wrong said, color to yeah. somebody or like the wrong size. It's happened like yeah. flipping orders. But I think it's part of the appeal at the end of the day. Yeah, and people you know, are really, really nice. Understanding it. And as you, you do appreciate the quality. And yeah, you can tell. You know, it's not just like nice pictures. It's you know, really right, good right. Quality. And we, we do like this constantly, you know, like when we're looking where to buy from whom, like, listen. Let's buy a sample. Let's let's test it. Let's see how it works. Yeah, we do a lot of that. You know, is it soft enough? It's too thin. It's too thick. You know, we look for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, will you wear that? It's summer. It's winter. Will you? Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot to think about. Yeah, tank tops this summer, but we never found that perfect product. Yeah. So we never actually launched. Hopefully next year we'll have tank tops for moms. By the time we went to our second expo in Atlantic City. We were asking so many questions. Said, wow, you guys are ready. You know what you're talking about. Right. I'm like, well, we've been around the block time too now. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. I was second X, but I guess, you know. We have like, the right questions no, to ask, yeah. I guess. Yes. And, you know, we constantly are looking for the, the best product, you know, best material out there. Something that people can afford, but it's a good quality too, you know. Yeah, for being the how it is, I would think it would be more expensive, to be honest. But we're taking consideration all that, you know. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be all bougie, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something that people can afford, but at the same time, we give a good product. We do in return. I think we do. It took us a while to get to that. Yeah. But But now it's like you feel like you're in a good place. Yeah. Now we know. Yeah, because even when we found our product, we had to figure out how to print on it. And for a while, we were doing a certain method of printing where you print a white underbase under the graphic, even on the natural colored onesies. And the problem was it would either leave a ring around it because you have to treat it first, Mm -hmm. or it would end up like looking cracked over time. So... And that's because as we do manually too, you know, there are equipments out there, but that's come along, you know, as we grow up, okay, we're going to invest in that equipment. So our technique is going to be more refined Mm -hmm. and better. Yeah. That's great. We're still Um, learning. We're still growing. So you guys, did you always live in Queens? Yeah. When I moved here from Venezuela, I used to live in Florida. I lived like for a year and a half while I was waiting for my mother and grandmother to do that. The move to the United States. So from there, we moved to New York. And I was in Brooklyn at the beginning. And from Brooklyn, we moved to Queens, to different neighborhood in Queens, mm-hmm. until Queens Village. So it's been more than 20 years oh. plus, you know. I'm now, I was like, so where in the city do you live? 
He's like, well, I take the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> I'm like, wait, where? He's like, well, I'm in Queens. I'm like, well, why do you take the Long Island Railroad? That's so. He's like, Queens Village. I'm like, where? Nobody <laughs> coming from come. someone who's yeah. like living in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I was like, I don't even know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people don't like don't go further out. Like they're not right. like at least maybe Long Island City story, but they yeah. don't come further out. Yes. Well, now that you guys have been other places, how do you find like raising a family in Queens? What are the advantages? Me personally, I love it. I'm a Queens guy. I don't know how I took her out of Brooklyn because she's yeah, the artist, did. you know. He took me out of Brooklyn. <laughs> no, I really can appreciate Queens because I feel like where we are located, we're so close to Long Island. It's right on the border, basically. So we still have a car. We still drive. It's not like we're limited to taking public transit all the time, which I think if I did that with kids, I know people do it and more power to them because it would, I'd probably lose my mind. Yeah. I can appreciate that we can drive into Long Island and go to Target or, you know, I like going on those trips to Ikea. (laughs) I think we have the best, you know, when like semi-suburban. Right. It's urban slash It's close enough to the city, but then you, you have... School enough to the beaches or any places you want to go in Long Island. So we're right there. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. Yeah, so I'm a city guy all my life, so I need to hear the bustling of you know, things he's going a city on. guy, but he also likes to complain a lot about the city. Let's go on a date. Let's go to Manhattan and like find a nice restaurant. Oh, 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 Let's do something different. I used to have to commute into the city, obviously, every day. Even after I moved to Queens Village with him, I would still do that long commute. I worked at Soho in Soho at the beginning. like almost two hours. Which is basically, I did two hours before I had to clock in Mm -hmm. to my job at the time. I did Um, it for 17 years, so I don't miss it that much. No, no, we don't really miss that commute. But I do like going into the city. Once in a while. I find inspiration. That's true. It inspires me. I think when we go to cities, like to treat ourselves, you know, something different. Mm -hmm. We've taken the kids once, both of them one time. It's like an adventure. A couple months old. It's like an adventure. So. I think That's when they're a little older, they'll learn to appreciate it a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. well, it, it, it is a long. But game. Queens has a lot to offer too, you know. Yeah, definitely, so. and that's what we're trying to push. That well, there can be so many family activities right here, and I think mm-hmm. that's growing a lot more as people. A lot of people are moving into Queens. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more. So uh, compared to the other boroughs, I I found like. Queens, several neighbors, it's not as crowded, like, you know, like compared to Brooklyn, like, you know, it's open coming, a lot of neighborhoods, mm-hmm. they're changing. But here I find like is, I believe that Queens is a little bit more family oriented compared to the other boroughs. Yeah. It's more friendlier. Mm-hmm. Not to say anything about the other boroughs, but <laughs> <laughs> we like Queens. Yeah, yeah. we like Queens. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Now we need to go check on our kids. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank doing. you. Thank you very much. Yes. I wish you all the success. You know. Yes. Thank you. Thank for you. You us. too.